You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is David Frangioni, CEO and publisher of Modern Drummer Magazine. So excited about our new podcast, The Modern Drummer Podcast. This weekly podcast will bring modern drummer to life. Sit back and enjoy fresh, fun, and insightful conversations with today's top drummers, producers, musicians, beat makers, and craftsmen. Whether you're a professional, a hobbyist, drummer, musician, programmer, producer, or just love music, this show is for you. Every other week, the Modern Drummer Podcast will feature world-renowned producer, songwriter, and drummer, Narda Michael Walden. Narda Michael Walden's Upbeat is featured exclusively on the Modern Drummer Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is your brother, Narda Michael Walden. So happy to be saying hi to you on this day. And welcome to our show, The Upbeat for Modern Drummer. And our episode for this day is a genius drummer from Baltimore. We call it Balmer. His name is Dennis Milton Chambers. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal drummer. And I think of him personally as Billy Cobham uh, coming up in the next incarnation. He has those type of chops and fire and love for Billy, for all the great music. And I learned so much watching him and, and his groove and pocket so deep. He played with Funkadelic. He played with James Brown a bit. He's played with everybody. And, and in, in particular, Mahavishnu uh, had great shows with him at the Crossroads with Eric Clapton, where he played 
and just ripped it up in different time zones. And I was just so taken aback by him, which I, I always am. Then, of course, he went under the um, tutelage of the Santana band for years and years and years with Carlos Santana. Dennis Chambers, we love him. We adore him. Please pay special attention to what he has to say. He's very heartfelt, very humble, and the chops are just phenomenal. God bless your heart. The groove is phenomenal. God bless your heart. <laughs> Dennis is phenomenal. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This is your brother, Nardo Michael Walton, for Upbeat, Modern Drummer. Ow! No, I, you know, I, I learned something from Louis Belson. Louis uh, okay. would say, Denny, you know, um, when you close your ears, that's when you stop learning. Yes, of course. Oh, I know. And I, it was Tony Tony Royster, Tony Tony something Royster, Tony Royster. Wait, am I saying his name right? Help me out. It's Tony Royster. That's yeah. it. You you turn me on to him, then I would go, "Oh my lord!" Yeah, he's frightening. Yeah, he's a beast. No, he's frightening. <laughs> to yeah. me, I I see like the evolution of the whole thing. Like yeah. you're the evolution of Billy Cobb and all the stuff that came before you. Yeah. Because see, because my this is my 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 philosophy, because of your funk love. Then your your understanding of the, the the chops that you saw with Tony Williams yeah. and all that world you saw, yeah. when you combine it, that funk in you is so powerful that it makes everything you play tasty. Yeah. It's grounded in James. It's grounded yeah. in yeah. yeah 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 all the things that we love, you know yeah groove. So <laughs> to me, you're always dangerous, and and we love you for that. But I see okay. you like because you took all this thing before you. You, you, you're the cat, man. I mean, I have to really, I have to really, really give you that. On behalf of all the drummers in the world, if they can sit in my chair and talk to you, see, we see what I'm seeing. We, we bow down because you took what we put down. We, we were getting at. You're, you're the next cat. You're the cat. <laughs> took it and said, okay, this is what you now. This is what you do with all that stuff. <laughs> see yeah. what I mean? And then, then you, then you yeah. come and you say, now look at Tony Royster, and I see him. Uh oh. He's a, he's a new the new incarnation of all that. It's like God yeah. dang, it just keeps on going, man. It just keeps on. No, going. it keeps on going. Yeah. But the the, the beauty thing about the about uh, Tony is the fact that you know, first of all, I mean he he learned how to play drums. I think the same way we all do, you know, like yes. listening to records yes. and watching videos and stuff like that. So when I met him, I think he was like seven years old. I think. Right. Yeah. And he was just this cute little kid, man. That uh, you know I met by passing on an escalator yeah. at the NAMM show. Mm -hmm. And um, I heard this little squeeze voice, Dennis Chambers, you know, and I, I waving at him. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the father, his father was with him and his father like, hey, you know, can we talk? You know, and I'm like, yeah, sure. So I waited at the bottom of the escalator and they came back down uh, uh, from going up and come back down. And we were talking and he said that uh, he was a, this, his son was a great admirer of my, my playing, my videos. Right. And I, you know, I talked to him and he seemed like he, he, he was very sincere and very interested, you know, yeah. really wanted to know things. So I, I started calling him, you know, and talking to him, you know, over the years. And um, it came to, we did a, a video, it was supposed to be a video about inspirations. And the, the lineup was supposed to have been uh, Tony Williams, Tony Royster and myself. Wow, wow, wow. Tony unfortunately died, so that didn't happen. So, you know, I grabbed Billy Cobble. Oh my god. Because actually I went to I went to Billy first and I think uh uh was trying to get him and and 
I couldn't get him at the time. So then it went to Tony and Tony said yes. And then he died. So I had to go, you know, trying to hunt down Billy again. And I got him. Unfortunately, uh, he couldn't be with us, physically with us, but he was there by video. Okay. okay. But Tony Royster, you know, that was his break. Everybody saw him on that video. And, um, and I need to set the record straight because people think that I taught him how to play and I didn't. He, he learned a lot by looking at my videos. Mm-hmm. He wasn't physically taught by me, you know? So I always get questions about people like, or people who always ask, you know, did I teach him? No, I didn't. Okay. All right. Well, but yeah, I mean, what? you know, but I was always telling him, man, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, study, you know, go back and listen to, if you like what I do, go back and, and I'm telling you all, all the guys I listen to, go back and check those guys out. Cause maybe you'll grab something that I missed. If you go back and listen to that and, 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 and learn how to do things, you know, you know, get these little ear candy things from, yes. from these guys, Yes. learn what they are and, and don't sit there and try to, you know, once you figure out what it is, um, you know, by stick, stick wise, once you learn what it is, okay, you know what it is now go back and try to make something new of that. Right. You know, right. um, you know, if you, if you're not a player funk, uh, uh, fat back, then, you know, try to play a you know, different way play how you feel a funk back should go. Mm-hmm. And if, if, even if it's, if it's, if it's crazy, just try it, mm-hmm. you know, get your imagination going, you know, with, right. with this stuff. Okay. And that's what keeps, keep things going. That's what makes, I feel that's what makes a drummer drummer, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, face it, let's face it. I mean, there's nothing new about this instrument. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new about what we all do, uh, you know, far as technically playing this instrument. The only thing that makes us different is, is the way we, we feel it and hear it. Yes. Yes. Okay. You know, I mean, you could name, you could name, you know, Steve Gadd, uh, you know, Vinnie Caliuta, you know, Weckl, we're all drummers. But how we approach this thing, that's what makes us who we are. That's right. It's your, it's like, it's your DNA. That's it. You know, it's like, you know, when you, when you hear, Clyde Stubblefield on, on the track, you know it's Clyde Stubblefield. When you hear David Garbaldi on the track, you know it's Dave Garbaldi. When you hear mm-hmm. Steve Gadd play, mm-hmm. you feel things in, in a two bars. You feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. and, and that's out of all, all the history that this guy had had done with those drums. I mean, he played with everybody from A to Z. Yes. A to Z. And I'm not yes. kidding, A to Z. That's right. And you you listen to him, and you you could you know it's him. Mm-hmm. Bernard Purdy, you know it's him. Mm-hmm. James Gadson, you know it's him. Mm-hmm. you know so i wanted to be one of those kind of guys when you hear and me play you know it's me anything you want to say about that period of your life uh man you know playing with 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 uh with carlos how yes. i got in that band uh let me see i let's go back um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was with john mclaughlin yes and we had opened for carlos santana at Montreux, i believe it was right and um Carlos saw me play with him and he liked what I, what, what we were doing. And uh, when we got back to the hotel, uh, he called me up and asked me to come down to the room. So I went down there, Joey, Joey DeFrancesco and I right. went down there to talk to him. And uh, I mean, we had, you know, we had fun. We were just talking, talking about a lot of things about music, about life. Um, you know, I mean, all kind of things, you know? Yes. Yes. And um and we both had to leave like early that morning. I remember that. So 
I left by the time, I mean, we, it was the sun that came up and we're still talking and I'm looking at my watch and I know I had to go, you know, pack my stuff, Yeah. you know, and uh, get in a shower real quick. And, um, and we were even, uh, when I left the door, I think his door, we're still talking as I'm going down the hallway, you know, mm-hmm. talking stuff. And so, I, you know, it's over. And I go to my room, pushed all my stuff in my suitcase, yes. met the guys downstairs and we yes. went on. Two days, three days later, or something like that, I get a phone call from my wife, and she's saying that uh, uh, Santana's office is calling. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I just left them or him mm-hmm. uh, in Montrose, so maybe, you know, maybe uh, you know they uh, were trying to get a hold of me for some some other stuff relating to that show. Okay. So I'm calling uh, um, Kevin Chisholm at that time who was managing calling Kevin we're missing we're playing we're playing phone tags and then uh finally get him he calls me and, and uh I'm like what's going on he goes hey um Carlos wanted to know you know if you want to join the band if you can join the band I'm like yeah sure I can I'm like when he says now I'm like well I can't do it now because mm-hmm. I was on the road with, with John at that time mm-hmm. and um and I, I felt like, oh man, this is a great opportunity, you know, to play with Carlos. Um, if I say no, this it will be it. Now I now let's back up. I think 1986, I think it was. Um, Chester Thompson was playing with with uh, Carlos. Right. Chester recommended me to to take his place in the band. So. I get a call from, I think it was Bill Graham's office to play uh, with, with Carlos. So they hired me to play and they fired me in the same week, I think, because Carlos didn't want to, uh, didn't feel like uh, he was, he was on tour a lot at that time. And he felt that when he came home, he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to have more rehearsals, you know, okay. spend time on rehearsing a new drummer. Right. So he he got Graham Lear back. So okay. Graham Lear did the tour. Okay. So all those years, then and now I'm with John. We're playing. He sees me, talk, blah blah blah. Go. Uh, I'm getting uh, offered to play with him again. I'm going. Oh my God! There's two opportunities. I can't believe I'm blowing it. So I, I said, No, I can't do it. So he says, All right, that's all right, buddy. We, you know, we'll we'll find something somewhere down the road. That's what Kevin says. Well, something like like that. Okay. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like a year later, uh, some movie came out. It was blown up, you know, and stuff. And um, I get a phone call, uh, Kevin Chisholm, and he's asking me, uh, Carlos, what you were saying, Carlos would like for me to, to hire me to do a record, right. a recording. Oh, sure, man, when? He told me when it was, and we worked out the business part of it. And I go out to san francisco record meet those guys and playing with with uh trying to figure out how to play with two percussion two great percussion players raul rico and carl perazzo phenomenal 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 guys phenomenal great players and phenomenal yeah great man yeah man so i'm trying to figure out my role or or how do we make this work you know Mm -hmm. musically you know um and so it's, it's, you know, I'm listening to them and, you know, playing off of what, what's going on there. You know, Carlos is giving me directions, you know, what to do, 
uh, what he wanted. And I'm trying to do that. And, and it just came together. But I learned uh, after all those years or some of those years, I'm playing with one of the greatest bands yes. ever because that band was designed never to, uh, you just couldn't fail it. I mean, Carlos would throw stuff at, at us all the time. And, you know, like on the same night, uh, he throws something that day and we had to play it that night. Amongst amongst all the other songs we we had, you know, like so, he would bring in like four tunes, you know, three tunes sometimes, two tunes sometimes, and you know we had to learn them right there and then play it. Short amount of time to learn it and then play it. You know, mm -hmm. so that band never 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 derailed, never never made a mistake. Uh, far as that go, okay. sure there were some mistakes, you know, you know playing some some music, uh, as far as like uh, the backbeat. You know, maybe for me, the backbeat or it crashed the wrong place. But that was just a mistake. It wasn't because I didn't know the music, you know, okay. because if you, uh, one, th uh, one thing I try to tell some people in that band is like, you know, a mistake is a mistake. And if you're human, you're going to make mistakes. Of course, we all know that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a difference when somebody make a mistake and somebody don't know the music. Right. If somebody played that piece for, they played that piece for like, 60 times and made one mistake well that don't mean he don't know the music mm -hmm. but some people will beat you up because they want to i don't know what it is they want to beat you up because uh you made a mistake and ha 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 you know then they're going to point you out and then they're going to they want to rehearse the band like like all day long you know just because somebody made a mistake mm -hmm. and you know it's the wrong way of doing things mm -hmm. you get burnt mm -hmm. out and i i got i got the uh, I got a little burnt out with with all of that. Okay. okay. And uh, you know, it, it was what it was. I, I ended with uh, with me just saying, you know, saying to Carlos, you know, you got to be happy, man. You got to, you know, if if I if you're unhappy with me being there, then you know, find somebody else. I'll help you find somebody else. Mm -hmm. But you got to be happy. Mm -hmm. And apparently, he wasn't he wasn't happy with me. So you you got another drummer to play. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the drummer, yeah, this guy named Pepe, I forgot Pepe's last name, but uh, he was in the band and he sounded phenomenal. Okay. Uh, in that band, and he, I think he was there for a year or two. Mm -hmm. uh, he was with him, and then uh, I don't know what happened there. And then and then Cindy came in, and yeah. I'm dying to hear Cindy with him. Oh yeah, she's. You know, I wonder, want to hear what that sounds like. I want to spoke, hear what that's about. I spoke to her yesterday. She sends her love. She's playing yeah. very very beautifully as always. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of love to her too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this then. Predecessor to, to Carlos is my teacher, Mahavishnu Jan McLaughlin. Speak about yeah. him just so we understand that period because I want to say one thing before you, before you say anything at all. I was on a show with you, uh, the Eric Clapton Crossroads show. Yeah. I'm not sure where it was held, maybe in Texas, Dallas, Texas, something like that. Texas, yeah. But yeah. you with John and I think like a, a trio setting, just three of you. Yeah. Something small. Sakir. Sakir was Yeah, it was, that's right. You, Sakir, and, and Mahavishnu, the three of you, yeah. just went off. And I think, I mean, as many times I've seen you play, that, that stays in my brain because yeah. you were just so free. Vishnu was so free and flying together. I think that's probably the, the highest I have seen you play. Anything you want to say about yeah. 
Well, you know, playing with, with, with John, you yeah. know, as you know, uh, like this guy, it's, it's fun to play with a guy that knows more time signatures than, <laughs> than drummers. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. And, mm-hmm. and let's not talk about rhythm, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. So I remember, um, I mean, first of all, it was a pure, pure honor to, to work with that guy. A guy who was like a mentor to me, you know, as far as, you know, like listening to him on records, I learned so much. And then now I'm playing with him and um, getting to know this this beautiful man, man. You know, he's a beautiful guy. Um, I mean, he's like a brother to us, you know. I mean, he is our brother. Yes. Um, and um, I mean, to play with somebody to, to allow you with all the freedom to do what you need to do as long as it, 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 go, it works with the music. Yeah. Um, man, I, it's, I can't say, uh, uh, um, I, it's not, I, it's no words to say, you know, about him. Um, I love him. We love him. Um, he's a great uh, teacher, you know, um, teach you, you know, about life and music and, and things. And, um, he's has a, I mean, a real big heart, um, a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. especially with me he had a lot of patience that's right um oh, man I, I i i don't know what to say about that guy but you know but musically or in music i had a lot a lot a lot of fun with him you know watching somebody you know you can know when he when he loves what's going down when he's when he's sitting there laughing or you know he's got this big smile on his face and even when he's playing the most intense thing possible for him at that time you know, because like some of those, uh, when I played with him with the Free Spirits, mm-hmm. some of the songs were so fast. You know, first, I mean, we learned them, they were real slow at first. And then all of a sudden, as years went on, the faster those things went. Yeah. And then it got so fast at one at one point where John had to go back and relearn fingering. That's right. Of his own songs. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Joey and I were looking, looking at him like, come on, man, get it together, you know. <laughs> and we go out and play man and and he was just just laughing i mean he just i mean you could tell i, I just don't know what to say about this guy i mean he, he's a beautiful guy man and and uh god bless him. when it, when god made him man he he broke them all mm-hmm. you know beautiful well beautiful I mean, you've you worked with some of the greatest guitarists of all time john mavishnu carlos we all love john schofield say something about john schofield well, John Schofield's another one. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, he's a very, very, very beautiful guy. Yeah. Um, one of uh, a few guys that, uh, you know, he hire you to do what you do, mm-hmm. and he trusts you to to do what you do. So he's not going to put any restraints on you. Mm-hmm. You know, both Johns are like that. They, yes. they just allow you. They may, you know, they if they don't like something, they will say try another approach with this or you know think of this another way okay but that very rarely happened with both of those both johns you know okay. and uh, uh i had a a great run with with, with schofield and right. um, there are hints you know every now and then that we may get back together again okay um and now we we did once we did a reunion uh, uh gig in new york and uh that was that was interesting because we played in a a place that was like glass walls. Mm-hmm. So you got a, a a band 
uh, amplified band in a place with glass walls that don't work out too much. Wow, wow. You know, so we had to learn, we had to play uh, not as intense as we would do when we go out and play normally. So we had to like figure out how to play these songs very low volume. Okay. Okay. You know, but I would not, like to have another stab at that though. Okay. It'll happen. Anything you want because the world is yours, bro. I know yeah. you, you did a run um, with Steely Dan. Yeah. yeah. Anything, you want to, anything you can say about that? Because they're re revered and their music of Asia and all that, which Gab put down to you and then here you are playing it and bringing your love to it. Man, you, you bring it back some memories. Uh, I know. I know I'm on you, man. Um, <laughs> I'm on you, man. Come on. This, this is upbeat. And we want to know. <laughs> we want to know, man. How do you do what you do? <laughs> man, Steely Dan, you know, when I, I got the call to play with them, um, I think I was with Schofield, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I said yes at first because it was Steely Dan. Yes. But then I figured I'll work out the logistics of the touring later. But then when they, they, they told me what time they need me or the, or the, the time of the month they, they're going to need me for, I looked at the schedule and I, I couldn't do it. So I had to text, well, I had the fax. It was, at that time it was fax machines. Okay. So I had to fax them back, you know, the saying like, hey man, I can't make the tour or this, this, that. It was one of the hardest things I had, ever had to do. Okay to turn down a band that I, I really love to play yeah, with. Okay. And um, so I think a whole year went by and, and uh, I was getting faxes uh, uh, at that time, you know, certain periodically get these faxes from, from uh, HK management and asking me, you know, do I have any time to play with them? And I said, yeah, you know, it was like the next year, you know, thinking that they would say, no way. I get a fax back that said, we'll take that time. Okay. Okay. And now so I'm blown were, away. Yeah. They wanted what you, what you do, Dennis. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So I uh, showed up at rehearsal. I think we had like uh, two weeks of rehearsal in New York. Okay. I think we played every song they ever wrote in those two weeks. Right. And, you know, so for me, it was a lot of sit, sitting down and listening to the, the, this music. Okay. A lot of music I knew, you know, from yes. the hits. I knew the right. hits, but right. all the other, the back catalog of stuff, I didn't know. So I had mm -hmm. to figure all that stuff out. Mm -hmm. um, get the rehearsal and, and, and try to be the best I can be at, you know, uh, playing their music. What, what, Did a run with them. I had a great time. Yes. Um, um, Donald, uh, when I walked in there, you know, by me listening to or talking to Jeff Picaro and, and drummers that played uh, in the studio with him, yes. I was expecting the worst. I thought they were going to just, just tear me apart mm -hmm. because they were, they were known as at that time, they were known to be sticklers, you know, in, in the studio. They, they hear things that other people don't normally hear, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they do like, like do many takes, many takes as they can to make sure it's correct to their, to their ear. Mm -hmm. And I've heard reports where drummers have shoved sticks in the snare drum head mm -hmm. to say, get a take out of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm not gonna name any names who said that, but okay. um, um, guys have walked off the, you know, said, walked off the session and said, oh, I'm gonna get a pack of cigarettes, I'll be back and never came back, you right. know? Right. 
because they were just so so brutal with 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 musicians in the studio, not brutal, mm-hmm. but just it was a lot of time taken okay. up. They weren't they weren't nasty or anything like that, as far as what they told me. Um, so with me being there, I think they only said two things. They they said two things to me. One thing particularly I remember, or particular that I remember, was one night we were playing Asia. And during the the solo uh, on the the uh, the end at the end of the song, I take this drum solo. Right. So I'm normally play it like Dad would play it, or in the right. vein of what he would do. Oh, okay. So this night, I decided I'm going to be Dennis Chambers. I'm just going to just go go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm out there, you know, bashing, playing, you know, you know, all that. And Donald's out there, you know, playing the piano. Or, uh, the Fender Roots, and he's turning around and going, yeah! Okay, now it's over. I get summoned to go to Donald's dressing room. And uh, Donald's sitting at a piano, and he's playing some beautiful pieces. Um, and I I think he was playing something from Monk, the Loneliest Monk, and he's playing things. And, and um, I'm like, Donald, you know, I heard you wanted to talk to me. He says, yeah, mm-hmm. just a minute. He's playing ball. Close the piano lid. He says, yeah, man, that was a great, great solo you played tonight. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Don't ever do that again. Okay. I'm like, and I thought he was joking, but he was serious. He was, mm-hmm. and he didn't laugh or nothing. I'm looking at him like, well, I thought you liked it. He says, man, I love that solo, but don't ever do that again. Mm-hmm. And I never did it again. Okay. It was the only thing he said to me and all that time I've been with him. Okay. Walter, you know, was like, hey man, how you doing? Great, uh, great, 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 uh, great job you're doing back there. Um, I even noticed like with the, when you do Asia, there's a stick click, you know, in the middle of Gad Solo. Mm-hmm. You even do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's something, it's part of the record, I always thought. Right. So man, I love it, love it, love it. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Now everybody else was telling me these horror stories Kind of found out they were two beautiful, beautiful human beings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I asked that Steve Gadd about that playing on Asia, that song. Yeah. He said, well, he, he's on the ending of the song. He just, he, he just kind of went crazy. And they, and they ended up liking it. He said, you know, he wasn't tripping out. He was just, just, just playing. He decided to go and just play some stuff. And they liked it. Yeah, you know, so I, I uh, being, <laughs> uh, being in that band at that time, Roger yeah. Nichols was still around. And Roger played. Uh, there was there were a few takes yeah. uh, with other drummers playing Asia. Okay. And um, and even the version that Gad played on, there were uh, there were some splices that mm-hmm. went down. Um, okay. So I, I got a chance to hear the full version of uh, the actual track when he played it, which was phenomenal. Okay. I mean, you know, it was phenomenal. And uh, I think he did. I think he did two takes. Mm-hmm. but i think they they took the first take yeah. uh, of it okay that guy he he steve gadd he's another one man that's yes. uh, phenomenal absolutely i mean you know i i watched him uh and witnessed him in the 70s going to new york and, and you know, going to seventh avenue seventh avenue south mm-hmm. and play you know places in new york and th- th- these guys would just show up and play mm-hmm. and uh, I witnessed one night he was playing with uh, this guy named uh, Michael Michael Urbaniak. Yeah. 
and um anthony jackson on bass yes i forgot who was on piano but they were playing every time signature known to man except four four mm-hmm. and gad was i mean you know gad played that music i mean you felt it mm-hmm. i mean it sounded like everything was in four the way the way he p- played it but yeah. you know it was like you know six sevens nines you know twelves you know what you know all kind of time signatures and he just nailed it i mean he went through that stuff and 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 at that time by him doing a lot of uh, sessions and a lot of partying mm-hmm. per se the guy just he always sounded fresh oh yeah i remember uh, at uh, going to anr actually i was doing i was working at anr studios in new york working with don blackman and Gad was next door. He was supposed to be with uh, Dave Grusin. Okay. <laughs> and he was late, you know, because he, you know, he was man. The guy was working like like a one-legged man in a butt kicking contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like falling, you know, from session to session, session to session, and then you know, like these commercial things, jingles and stuff. So mm-hmm. he was like two hours late, I believe, uh, that day. And I'm bouncing from B, room B, over to A, just to, I just wanted to see him. Yes. So he showed up, you know, uh, they put a chart in front of him. And, um, oh, in the control room, they put a chart up and he's sitting there with his legs crossed and he's playing, he got a pair of drumsticks. He's reading the chart as they're playing it down. He's reading a chart and he's banging a little bit of it on his, on his feet. He stops and he looks listen mm-hmm. said the chart is wrong mm-hmm. they stopped the tape and he goes like mm-hmm. what do you mean the chart's wrong bruce mm-hmm. what do you mean the chart's wrong yeah. <laughs> he says mm-hmm. i you know bruising he's bruising says man i i went over this stuff last night like two times it's right uh-huh. it's not it's wrong yeah. bruising puts his glasses on he yeah. he goes over and look at the chart man, you got the chart upside down <laughs> he was reading the chart upside down man it's like, yeah. you know, like, who does that? I mean, I mean, actually read the chart upside down. And, and for me, for what I was hearing him banging on the shoe, it sounded funky as hell. Yeah, of course. You know? Well, he's a phenomenon. So, yeah, man. So they put the chart up. They take him into the room, uh, put the chart up. Yes. And he did one take, man. And the, the song was, it was, it, it sounded like a, a song that Chick Corea may have wrote. Wow. And it was on the Sundance record. Dave Grusin's Sundance record. I remember that. Okay. And he, I mean, there was a standing ovation when he when he finished that chart. And I'm standing there like applauding with, you know, in disbelief because when he walked into the studio, he was he was looked like he he had partied too much. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. he wasn't he was there, but he wasn't there. You know. You know, he, he was doing a, you know, a lot of partying the night before. Anyway, so when they threw the record button on, all of a sudden that 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 look of like not in not in with us went to serious look and oh, he yes. played that chart once done, folded the chart, nice chart. Mm-hmm. Everybody's applauding. Uh, I think Anthony Jackson was saying something about, you know, well, you want to meet Gad, right? And I'm like, no, man, I don't want to meet him. I don't want to meet him. 
And he goes like, well, you know, he's going to know you're a drummer. He was like, and I said, why? Why would you say that? And he says, because you have your stick bag on the arm. Mm-hmm. And I found the nearest chair and I slid the stick bag behind it. And uh, he walked in and, you know, everybody was talking to him. Great, man. Great performance, blah, 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 blah. And Anthony Jackson introduced me to him. And he looked at me, he goes, oh, man, uh, yeah, I heard I heard some things about you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, well, great, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, keep keep on doing what you're doing, man. That okay. Because what I saw was phenomenal. And That's right. He walked out and... Um, I tell you, many nights I, I used to sit there and listen to a lot of his 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 uh, or listen to his DNA, his makeup of what he did on those drums, on those records. Right. Um, you know, uh, the Al Demiola records, the Chicoria records, the you know, I mean, everybody's records. You know, I heard them all. <laughs> yeah, of course. And 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 try to figure, you know, like what what is his secret? And then they found out <clears throat> the secret is is how comfortable he is. You know, how he he make the track feel because he's so laid back. Yes. Into things too. Yes. And here's a guy who made this guy made so much money he could have brought a small island somewhere by by playing laid back, mm-hmm. not playing edgy, not being you know like on the beat, you know like right on the beat, you know you just behind mm-hmm. the, you know he give you that comfortable feel, you know that that made you feel secure, you know in what you're doing at that moment. Yes, brother. So, so I wanted Dennis, to be that. I wanted to be that way. So that's what I'm saying. So this. this I want you to wrap up for our fans your message, what you feel in your heart that you want us all to hear around the world on this great show. Anything you want to say to us at this time, Dennis? Man, I, I, I just wish that the, this world could get together, uh, everybody come together and, and try to make this world a better place for our kids and our grandkids and, and for their future um, endeavors. You know. Um, I, I think that, that the government, uh, not want to get too political, but I think the government is uh, running this country a little weird right now based on greed. You know, everything is about money and, and it's not about taking care of people. Um, you know, I wish, you know, they weren't, uh, you know, like homeless people on the streets, you know, kids on the streets. And I, just, I just wish the world could be a better place uh, better than where, where we are now. And, and, and I wish the leaders who the guys who are, are leading us um, could do a better job. Okay. okay. No. And, how, and what about, that's very beautiful. Now, what about this? Uh, Berkeley School of Music, uh, the, the, the colleges for these young kids coming in, they want to have music. What do you say to any of them? What do you say to any well, of them? Well, I mean, you know, any of them, I, I would say just, you know, try to, try to uh, learn as much as you can, man, and, and find a great teacher. There's a lot of great teachers there. You know, Tony Thundersmith is there. Okay. And um, um, John Satos, uh, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? I think I, I know John Satos. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name. Santos, But, yeah. you know, Santos, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, those guys... Are, are unbelievable teachers and um you know kim with the is there and yes and, uh, i think our, he's still there yeah he's our brother too yes yeah very sensitive um brother. yeah i mean this guy has a lot a lot of knowledge about about rhythms and drums and music you know um berkeley berkeley school of music is a great place to 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 be um uh, for a young musician 
who's trying to perfect their craft and learn learn what they do and uh because you got you know you got a um you got these clubs and things for for those guys who are like trying to figure out things and they go and jam you know you know get whatever they got in them get it out of them mm-hmm. they got all that there plus you know in the daytime they they're studying a, a lot of things you know with, with the teachers with these great teachers you know like you got the victor victor wooten and steve bailey oh, yes. they're there yes yeah and they're they're educating you know that the base camp thing or the base thing over there is educating educating a lot of people yes. um in the correct way and um and they're always throwing things out there you know to make people aware of you know what's 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 here now and what was in the present and what's here now so yes yes i don't know any other way to put that but Mm-hmm. Berkeley, Berkeley is a, is a great place, you know. Okay. Be. Now, what about someone who's not in school? They they just have that fire. Give me one nugget that they can hang on to to stay strong with their vision through their life. Man, just don't ever give. Don't give up your dream. Whatever your dream is, just don't give up, man. Um, um, you know, you know, like, don't let anybody deter your your deter you from your ideas and your beliefs. You know, just um. Just don't give up, you know. I mean, just listen to anybody, listen to all styles of music, keep your ears open to everybody, and and just don't give up. Beautiful, beautiful, Dennis. Thank you so so much, Dennis. Man, we're so honored to have you on our show, and um, we look to you as um. You are you are the pioneer because you've seen so much and you've done so much, but you are also our futuristic visionary because you are still young and vital and putting it down so intently that you're always dangerous and we're always watching you. So I just want you to know that our prayers and love are always with you on all your endeavors, that you're happy and you're doing what you want and we can ever be of service to you. Our Tarpan Studios, come over here and cut something, do something. We're always here for you. So just know we're, we're brothers in, in the heart and, uh, and I just know that you are all knowing and we respect you as such. So amen to you you and God bless you and love you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Okay. Hey, well, I know you enjoyed hearing Dennis speak from his heart. So many relevant stories that we can use in our day-to-day life going forward in our musical lives. And we really want to inspire the drummers and the musicians in the world and all people in the world with our interviews with Upbeat. And we want to thank the genius Dennis Chambers, who we love so much for giving his total heart to music, his total love and devotion and passion to music. We want to thank him for his words and for his insights and his inspirations. Love you, Dennis. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Stay tuned for our show, Upbeat with Norman Michael Wald, Martin Drummer. Ow! Thank you, everybody, for watching this week's Modern Drummer Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode exclusively on Podcast One. Until then, stay safe and healthy, and thanks for listening and watching. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.